I look a lot older, Ian. The bags under my eyes. You're looking fresh. You look fresh. Welcome, everyone. You look great, Patrick. Thank you, Ian. You're welcome. To this completely unnecessary podcast for Tuesday, May 11, 2021. We're officially in spring, and I'm officially one year older. One more spin around the sun alongside Ian Ferguson. Hey, what's up? I'm Pat Country. <laughs> On the show today, we'll be talking about... It's my uh, new tagline. Hey, what's going on? We'll put on a t-shirt. Hey, uh, what's up? Game Builder Garage. Pat buys a graded game by accident. What? Portable Dreamcast for sale. We'll talk about that in the intro. And we'll do uh, we'll do a fucking uh, Patreon poll topic. And we'll do voice message stuff. I just uh, want everyone to know that we're really trying this week. We're really trying to pull it together. We're trying to make a soup out of the leftovers. Why do you keep saying every week, Ian? We're, we're, we're professionals. We are professionals. They wouldn't. Re- they wouldn't know that this we're, a, we're pulling this out. They're going to know. Too. They're going to know this is a dry week. No, no Ian, you got too much of that imposter syndrome. <laughs> we're, we're, we're we're confident that this is going to be an entertaining podcast. Um, what did you do this weekend, Ian? Before I get into my fun-filled week, did my taxes over the weekend? Yeah, I mean Monday. And the weekend, as we've decided, yeah, it is everything like, from what, Wednesday to Monday. At least Thursday. Thursday yes. to Monday. Yes, I did my taxes. That was that was that. Uh, real good time doing the taxes. <laughs> um, the tax I also, man. I also went out and got breakfast for the first time in over a year uh, yesterday. That was fantastic. You going to a place nice, like Banana Republic? No. Yeah, I mean, breakfast Republic, not Banana, Banana Republic. Republic. <laughs> get some nice shirts at Banana Republic. No, I went to Old Town House, uh, which is where I... Oh, yeah. The first place I figured Proud I'd go. sponsors of the, the NES Marathon. That's right. Proud food sponsors. Just... Just throw containers that, full of eggs. That and bacon. Sunday morning when when Pat's barely awake and Ian is 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 on a second high of something when we we get, we we dive into those uh, breakfast burrito leftovers because right. we get them on Saturday morning. That's right. Yeah, they do a good breakfast burrito too. But yeah, Fantastic. it was strange just sitting there and hearing people chatter and hear like the clank of dishes. It was just a very alien sort of thing. But it was that alien, really? Yeah, it was. Back. It was weird. It was definitely strange doing it again. Um, other than that, though, no, my weekend was really un- uneventful. Oh, what about yours? I heard someone might have had a birthday. I had a birthday. So, um, first of all, I got the second vac shot on uh, Friday, and it was like it, there was less people. I was kind of alarmed, thinking, "Oh, is there less interest?" But I was saying, "No, I think it's just a, a lot of people have gotten in the, in the few weeks in between." Um, but like, I got in, in, I got the shot within like three and a half minutes of parking. Four minutes, just strolled on in. There was like ten people in front of me. Less stations. Shoulder's still sore from Friday. It's a li- like a little bit. So the shoulder was, it was interesting. The shoulder was n- not as painful overall, maximum pain, but it's lasted a little bit. Uh, Ian, you, you prepped me to be like miserable the next day partially. You're like, ah, 3 a.m. It's my shot. I started uh, feeling better. So I like I was like getting up middle of the night. I was like, no, it, it never really hit me on the Saturday. I, I just, wasn't miserable, but I was just saying that up to 24 hours later is when you can feel them. I just felt, 48 hours. Well, I, I felt the next day like I'd gone through like a fucking war. Like I just felt like I ran a marathon. Like my muscles were aching more than usual. I work out on Fridays, like legs and shoulder stuff. So like it exacerbated all that pain. And I just felt like a little off, like a little off, like a little bit, like slightly, almost like a feeling of like dehydration. That's how I felt. Mm-hmm. I could have been dehydrated. Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty but, much how I felt. But, it was, but I was totally above my wits. I wasn't feeling sick or nauseous. I was like, okay, this is not bad. It's not bad. And so I went over, uh, Frank made, made some meat sauce. Delicious. Uh, on uh, Sunday. Was, at first, he's like, yeah, I want sushi. I'm like, that's great, Frank. It's not your birthday. It's, it's, it's not your but birthday, no, But he Frank said, no, I'll make mine. meat sauce. I'll get some revs. 
Um, and so we did that, and I brought over the Carvel ice cream cake. I buy myself a Carvel ice cream cake every year. What kind did you get? There's only the one you can get in, the, in your local freezer section. Uh, it's, the, it's the white the, ca- the, the, white cake with vanilla vanilla icing, vanilla ice cream with the, with the, with the crunchies and chocolate. It's both. It's both. That's the only thing they make. Unless you get like a fudgy the whale. I was gonna say fudgy the whale, or but you can't get those. There's, there's, <clears> there's <throat> only one place down in the border that's Carvel in the, the whole county. We don't have a local Carvel. Unfortunately, we don't. We have a Baskin Robbins. Have I ever told you what Cookie Puss's name used to be? I don't think you did. Celestial person. Really? Yep. It was a god. CP. He was an alien. It was Celestial Person, and then they changed it to Cookie Puss. And here's my favorite fun fact. This makes me uh, laugh every Car- time. Carvel lore. This makes me laugh every time. Every St. Patrick's Day, <laughs> they, they do a special cake. They do Cookie Puss, but it's Cookie Opus. Yes, that I do it. I did do that. It, it's a cookie puss, but it's green. Yeah, there's also one for Halloween, I believe, too. There's different colored ones. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. All the, all the commercials from the 70s and 80s are online. Frank told me that as a kid, they used to make fun of Mr. Carvel's voice. They used to make fun of his voice. He, because he was a Mr. Guy, original guy. I think he died like late 80s, early 90s. God bless you, Mr. Carvel, for creating uh, you and Friendly's neck and neck for the, the, for the most creative ice cream creations. But I think Carvel puts it over the top with, with their ice cream. Cakes. Mr. Carvel. And, and the flying saucer. I mean, I knew Carvel doing that the first, and then everyone else got you know their own ripoff of, of the flying saucer uh, after that. That's the cookie sandwich. Cookie sandwich. Yeah. Well, it's on. It's a wafer. Yeah. With, it's, uh... But like when you were a kid, see if you grew up in a, an Italian American family, they like the adults like shitty ass rum cake so I much. I love rum cake. Not when you're seven. So sure. It, so, that's fair. So they wouldn't get. They usually this would be on like holidays. They wouldn't even get a regular cake, a chocolate cake for the kids. They would just get the fucking, you know, 12, giant 12 pack of the, of the flying saucer. We loved it, though, but like, I used to always try rum cake when I was a kid and never got into it. I probably would like it better today as an adult, probably. It's one of my favorites, but yeah, but, I mean, yeah, it's, that's, that's a really Ginzan dessert, the, you know, the rum cake at the, at the events here. Sorry. Uh, so I found out who I, um, who I shared a birthday with. I always knew I shared a birthday with, with the lovely Rosario Dawson. She's a year older, we're destined. Um, but I know Kermit shares my, my birthday. Nice. Kermit, uh, abolitionist John Brown, uh, Billy Joel, I did know that. Uh, so, yeah, I got, I got a nice uh, nice little, very eclectic group of, of, of people I share. But that's it. May 9th is a barren birthday day. I was looking it up. I was like, that's really it. There's not really, it's a, we're a bunch of weirdos, I guess, on May 9th. Not a lot of famous people on May 9th. I was just kind of surprised about that. Share a birthday that. with John Brown? Yeah. That's neat. I can share an attitude. Fucking, I'd fucking... Take a sword to some people I, and uh, try to. I read a good, uh, good uh, biography of him uh, last year, two so, years ago. Because it's the first time I saw it trending on May 9th for his birthday because he was born in 1800. And people were like, oh, I never learned about him in school. We learned about him. I learned about John Brown. He's well, awesome. No, yeah. you should, everyone should read about John Brown. <laughs> yeah, you know, people thought, you know, he's a little nutty, but, you know, he was going to try to do a whole slave rebellion in the South. That was never going to happen, but, you know. He was he was a very um, complicated man from what from what the stories are. Yes, but you got to be in order to do that. Like, you know, treat his family like shit. But you know, he didn't like slavery, which is a good belief to have. You know, yeah, we're all complicated. <laughs> we are all complicated people. Probably whipped his sons, but like you didn't want to see other people getting whipped. That's probably what happened. <laughs> probably one of those sort of types. It's one of those like you know fire and brimstone probably type of people, like mm-hmm. in the personal stuff. Yes. You know, and those are not people that, you know, you want to be around, like, personally. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah was, read about John Brown if you haven't. Sorry. So, um, the the Venom Let There Be Carnage trailer came out. And the reason we have to discuss is that we discussed the first Venom trailer and the symbiote 
Um, remember the symbiotes and, the oats. and how, we, and that's where the Quaker Oats, uh, fear came out. Ian has a, a, is afraid of the Quaker Oats guy. So I made oatmeal cookies a couple weeks ago and Vonnie had to, was at the grocery store and she had to buy some oatmeal and she was like, do you want the oats man or do you want the not oats man? I was like the not oats man, please. Um, I would love to, love to try to cook Ian. I, I needed to perfect them. That's the only reason you didn't get them. Mm-hmm. They were a little underbaked. Mm-hmm. You can, uh, if you under, underbake. Oatmeal cookies is just like oatmeal then. So I was, make, I was making I was making <laughs> lace cookies, which are uh, a lot of brown sugar and butter, and they're delicious. Brown sugar. But you want them to? I, I didn't cook them crisp enough. The whole thing is they're supposed to be very thin. And they're supposed to like snap. You know, or deadly. Well, everything little Debbie did was the, the little Debbie fucking oatmeal sandwiches that Love were just cream in the middle. Too. It was like eating like two cookies at once with a, with a cream filling. They're fantastic because they had, they had oatmeal in the title. So people are like, yeah, yeah they're probably healthier no, it's than healthy. Yeah, yeah. It's a thousand calories <laughs> in one. They're healthy. Uh, oatmeal cream pies were one of my absolute favorite snacks growing up. Just the fucking most delicious. God, little Debbie. you the reason why I still have baby fat. Um, so Venom Let There Be Carnage is number one trending. Trailer came out yesterday in the 10th. It's a sequel to Venom, which came out what nineteen or eighteen. And I I railed, like, I warned people not to see this stupid movie. Came out in nineteen eighteen. I said I said I said nineteen or eighteen. <laughs> yes, I know, Patrick. Not during World War One, um, in the trenches. So this comes out. The only thing I'm going to say about this is that I didn't see the first movie. I don't want to see the first movie. I don't want to see uh, again. Uh, Venom without Spider Man is like, what's the point? But this looks like a, this trailer. I'm not, I'm not. Going for a hyperbole, I don't know if Ian saw it. This is like a, it looks like a parody of what a Venom movie will would be. It's like wisecracking Venom, his the symbiotes helping him make eggs and waffles for breakfast. Yeah, and it's like what? Did you see the trailer? Yeah, it looks it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that whole breakfast scene is just fucking bizarre. Uh, that's not from the source material. This stuff. That's not how he was. I don't know if they changed him to be like that goofy, but he was. He was always an antihero. He was always still crazy, even when he was doing good. Well, at the end of the trailer, uh, he threatens to eat the lady at the at the, at the convenience store. Doesn't yes. have the chocolate. Yes. So, like, that's the. I this is awful. I'm sorry. This fuck the Spider Verse Sony thing is awful. And because you out there saw the first Venom movie, we're not always get a shitty sequel. We're gonna get a fucking awful Morbius movie that no one's gonna uh, like or watch probably. Uh, with, with, with what's his name that's uh, you know pretending he's a vampire while he's filming it method acting Jared Leto because he has to method act as the jo- fuck you just do your job you're acting as a character ridiculous sorry he is kind of ridiculous sending Will Smith you know use condoms oh, Will Smith would have fucking beat the shit out of him on, on the Suicide Squad set are you kidding me you hear about that shit he did I did yes Fuck you, Jared Leto. I'll tell that if I see you. It's ridiculous. Sorry. Go Some on. sort of suicide squad. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean... I'm Fra- canceled now because I don't like Jared Leto. Go on. This looks bad, but uh, Woody Harrelson looks like he'd be amusing. Woody Harrelson's like one of those actors that... He's always amusing. He's always really good, but you don't go... You don't like ever say, I'm going to watch that because of Woody Harrelson. When you see him in something, you're like, he's really good. I might. I might. They got rid, they got rid of his, clown. Gonna, rid of his clown hair, though. They had the wig in the first one. You see the, like, the, he had like a clown hair wig? No. I've never seen the first one. Um, I will, maybe at some point, uh, on, uh, in the comfort of my own couch. And maybe I would watch this uh, on my couch. I did not know Woody Harrelson was in the first one, too. Yeah, just for the tag. They, they, oh, gave, okay. they gave him the crazy... He, when he first showed up, Cletus Cassidy... It amazes Spider Man three uh three forty four or three sixty three sixty one was the first full uh, full appearance. Three forty four was the cameo where he, I I I know this shit. Um, I think it's three forty four. Um, 
he had a bunch. Of, he had curly wild hair, so they threw a wig on him, like a Ronald McDonald wig oh. in the first place. Ridiculous. <laughs> Woody Harrelson, Funny. though, always looks a lot younger. He's like the one white guy where, you're like, wow, he he's aged he very well. He doesn't age. It's that hemp lifestyle, I guess. Yeah, he does not. You, you see the first season of True Detective, which is amazing. No, with, I, with him I need to, but so, I have not. In True Detective, there's a lot of flashbacks and modern day. So in modern day, Woody Harrelson is just like, well, he looks older because they put a little... You're 59 years old. I was going to say 60. 59 years yeah. young. He yeah. looks like he's 45. Um, so in True Detective, which is now, what, like six years old the first season? Amazing the first season. Um, they do flashbacks to mm-hmm. like 15 years before. And he, the only thing they do is like give him more hair, but he looks younger which is with more hair. You're like, oh, yeah, he looks a lot younger with more hair. <laughs> <laughs> or like they, they they like played up his paunch, you know, things like that. That's it. I'm sure. like, wow, yeah, he looks really good. It's it's that nice lifestyle of playing the bongos and the hemp stuff, and you know, a little CBD, a little 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 the marijuana. Yeah, I like Woody Harrelson. He doesn't act enough and stuff. He was great in Ill Country for Old Men. Didn't see that either. You ever saw? I don't watch movies. What? You never saw that? Yeah. No. Seriously. <laughs> what's that? What from? I don't know. What's that from? I don't know. Oh. You have no idea what that's from? No. Okay. We'll come back to that. Moving on. All right. Uh, Metroid Prime Switch ports tricky? Uh, so um, people were uh, reacting to one of the um, original Metroid Prime uh, Retro Studios devs uh, saying that it would be difficult. This is on like a, a forum. It would be difficult to do a Switch port. And then he was harassed online due to skeptical views. I don't know if this is something lost in translation about this, but um, it was a face. It was, it was a Facebook post. That's a great uh, place always for for conversation. That's yes. always uh, even keeled and you know sourced out. And yeah, so um, was, uh, Metroid. The fans, only place better would be a YouTube comment section. <clears throat> I think that might be better than Facebook actually at this <laughs> point in time. Um, responding to a comment on a Facebook post uh, by Metroid fan site Shine Sparkers. Michael Weekin, the former lead designer on all three Prime titles, discussed how he believes a Metroid Prime trilogy port on Nintendo Switch, port having on Nintendo Switch, is very unlikely. It would take a lot of effort, so I'm skeptical it will happen. He says it was straight if it was straightforward to update MP1 and, and 2 to motion controls, but converting MP3 to normal controls would be a Herculean effort, as it is scripted very specifically using volumetric triggers to detect the motion in precise manners to do specific switches, and the bosses are tuned to take into account the ease of, ease of gestural aiming. I never heard of that term. So people went nuts. They're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> the post was removed because people went off on them. He also said the biggest issue is Retro uh, no longer has functional editor tools to work with the Prime code base, so everything has to be brute force hard-coded. So it wouldn't be just simple, just, okay, we're going to import into fucking Unity. Right, so it, it's, yeah. a, it's a two-part thing. There's one and two might not be so hard to translate to the switch, but they don't have the tools to really access it and do the port. And then on top of that, he feels that three would just be too hard to um, remove from the the context the of motion controls. Um, you know, said so well to the difficulty tuning. I, there's like, motion controls on the, on the switch, but I get it. It would be kind of it'd be well. Weird they're diff- they're very different. I mean, they're not IR. They're and it's not. It, it would be a. It would be a pain in the ass. It yeah. sounds like. Um. So he doesn't think it'll, it, it'll it'll be done. It's not that he said it can't be. He does. He says it doesn't think it will be. Um. I'm also assuming that Retro is a fairly small studio, in that uh, they probably don't have 
all the manpower to work on part four and a brand new port of the, the trilogy. Sure. Um, but as this article points out, there have been games on the uh, that have been ported to the Switch, n- notably Mario Galaxy, and we haven't seen Skyward Sword yet, but it's coming. Um, that were Skyward Sword especially was heavily uh, reliant on motion controls, and they found a way to port it. So it really just depends, I think, on how badly you know it comes down to how badly Nintendo would want to do it. And my guess is Nintendo's not going to want to do it that badly. They'll wait till the uh, well, was the thirty fifth anniversary? No, this year is eighty six Metroid. That's right. It is the 35th. Too many, there's too many things happening around 86. You know, you know 85, 86. There's, too, there's too, many, too many big games. You, got, you, gotta, you need some more time in between. Um, this is what I'm going to say about people that, of course, are idiots and going after a guy for posting something. It's like, I would, I would trust the guy who made the games more than you, random-ass Facebook user. I'll trust, trust the guy who, who spent years of his life making the games you love. And, and I mean, like, they're babies. They are. They're babies. Shut up, you fucks. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's like, oh, I don't know about this. What, what do you know? I, I, I think I know about games because I read blog posts and, you know, it's, like, it's ridiculous. That's all. I think it's interesting, though, that, you know, they did, they did, the, they did the, the re-release. Was it the Wii? They did the trilogy uh, thing on the Wii? Yeah. The little steel case the little, set. Yeah, the steel book got one that. is. It's a nice one. This is so ridiculous. I'm sorry. I had the Venom trailer open again. Making fucking breakfast. It's like the first 30 seconds of the trailer. It's dumb. It's ridiculous. Sorry. Moving on. Closing that. Uh, you want to talk about Sega being cool with fan games? Yeah. So uh, Sega is cool with sure. fan games. All right. That's, okay. Hey. Next. Um, we're, <laughs> we're, Plug the book. we're moving on. Um, so Sega just, uh, it's uh, Sega said yesterday, they're cool with fan games as long as no profits are involved. The um, this is kind of just a continuation of how they've always felt. Uh, notably, Sonic Mania started uh, as a fan game um, huh? by Christian Whitehead, and that's that's where they kind of noticed him. He he worked on fan games, and uh, he ported Sonic CD to mobile devices, and then they grabbed him and had him make Sonic Mania. So uh, it's nice to see Sega not care about this when Nintendo is constantly... Um, shutting down fan games i still think i understand being a fan i still think it's better to just take all that passion that you have for this game that you're making and make your own original property do your own thing wouldn't get the wouldn't get it wouldn't get noticed as well that's the thing but it's hard to market i feel like sonic is more ripe for fan games than something like mario right now too because and i i love sonic the hedgehog but um mario games there's there's a a legacy of quality there. There's not a whole lot of what people want with Sonic games coming out. Sonic Mania was fantastic, but again, it started in the fan community. Um, so I feel like there's a lot of people who I understand it more with Sonic than something like Mario because you're trying to recapture something that is no longer there. Whereas sure. Mario is just going along, having his games released to yeah, you know you, you get like three Mario games a year. That eight point oh to nine point five ratings out of yeah. ten. You know it's in you're the bag. Spo- we're spoiled. The Mario fans are spoiled. He's right. spoiled. He's spoiling us. So well, well, and plus Sega is such a minute, small company compared to Nintendo in terms of in terms of money. And, and influence, so it's like they—they're the people that do these do the, the Comic Con thing, you know, with the hot the hot dogs and a guy in a Sonic costume jamming out. Like that. Oh, those were super fun. But that, but that's Sonic. Yeah, they're, they're like they're like the, the 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 people that are cool, 
Uh, you know, you know the cool people show up at the party, but they're they're really they're yeah that, that I can't be around too long. But okay, that that's that's Sonic. You know, I mean that's the people behind it. You know, they're not in control of anything. They're not in control of anything anymore. Basically, yeah, the movie's a success because we're, we don't care. We're just we're just give us the money to make the movie. We don't give a shit. They didn't give a shit about the movie because they let it they let the design be whatever the, the people wanted. Obviously. So they, they, it's they, not like they're too small to stop it, though. I mean, if they wanted they to didn't stop care. people, they could. But they didn't care about the movie, though, going back to that. Oh, no. I, yeah, well, whatever. You think Nintendo would have allowed that? Oh, yeah, Mario looks like a dragon in our movie. No. N- no. Well, they, I mean, we never got there that. is the original Super Mario Brothers movie. Well, that's, that's a whole other time and place. It's 90, was it 94? 93? Just saying. Nintendo did it. Well, well they, they gave the rights to it. didn't care. <laughs> But at that point, they were, you know, they were knee deep in, you know, battling, ready to battle Sony or get the Sony CD thing going. That was a, that was a weird time for Nintendo. Like, knee deep in the dead. That was a weird time pre N sixty four for Nintendo. That's when things went awry. We'll just say. Um, all right. So yeah, the goal isn't to stifle everything, like you said. So okay, well, it's cool, I guess. Yeah, there was that cool. We, we talked about that cool uh, Sonic like three D thing. Remember that demo a couple years ago? There was like tech demo thing. Yeah, there's there's a lot of cool, cool Sonic stuff. fan stuff. But so basically, just want to so um, someone from Sega came out and said, "Hey, Sonic fans, I appreciate you all reaching out with concerns over fan games and monetization. So long as no profit is involved, there's usually no issue with y'all using our Blue Boy to hone your art and dev skills." The only the only caveat would be is that the argument can be made if you, legally is that well. If you're doing like a YouTube video showing off your stuff and making money, or you have a website showing off and you have ads, I mean that's how Nintendo got the ROM sites destroyed. Sure, partially because oh they're making money. They have you know they have all the ads are running. They're making money every month. We know about how much money they're making. But that's that's a technical thing. But anyway, well, it's oh, it's good Sega. I mean you pretty much don't have a choice, you know. But on the on the on the on the other side, allegedly, um, they went after someone. Uh, it was told to me allegedly. They wanted to do, I won't say which console, but one of the Sega consoles, they wanted to do like a, like a review book. And uh, Sega was not happy with the idea of that. Mm. And that was something that they keep their fucking nose as, Adam, because they, you're allowed to do a review book. You know, you don't need someone's permission. There's right. not, it doesn't be authorized or licensed to do that. So, you know, so maybe they, they erroneously thought, you know, we can make money on it. Well, you couldn't, or you shouldn't be able to. But, you know, no, no company's perfect. Companies are like John Brown. That's right. <laughs> they go a little too far sometimes, but good intentions. All right. Um, I have good intentions at UltimateNintendo.com. I had a sale that happened on my birthday. Thanks to everyone who participated in the sale. Uh, you can get guidebooks. You can get not-for-resale Blu-ray, the death of physical media, RBI baseball stickers. The roll is still it's still hefty, even though I've sold to some. It's still a hefty roll. Uh, Costco toilet paper roll and the enamel pins with our cute faces. Maybe we'll get out to a convention later year. You can see these cute faces in, in person. Maybe, maybe we'll see that. We'll see that. And I'll be uh, on Twitch Wednesday night. Twitch.tv slash uh, Country Code Ian loves to show up and and there every week with bells on. He likes to schmooze with everyone. That's right. In there, he likes the kibitz. You know, kibitz. He likes to. I've used the term. <laughs> Good term. And I'm Cameo. Cameo.com slash Pat Country. I can wish you a happy birthday. Instead of you guys, thanks for everyone for the, for the well wishes. By the way, on Twitter and Facebook, we talk about this uh, fucking thing. Wish I had more to say about it. So <laughs> nothing to say about this. I don't really have anything to say about. It. We can move on. Honestly, I, I, we I, cover I, we cover everything that falls under the purview of this topic. We can just move on. All right, fine, fine. Just deleted. Uh, this is an interesting article in Nintendo Life about um, the Maya 2000, a rare NES accessory that only works with one game. 
Maya 2000 sounds like, Maya. I don't know, spreadsheet software. <laughs> or, or Maya the Bee that, in the future. Wait, isn't Maya? Maya is a, an actual, uh, I think it's like a 3D program. Yeah, with an A. This is M-I-Y. Uh, yeah, Maya yeah. was one of the original Mia. 3D programs. Or is it Maya 2000? Okay. It's a, it's a golf simulator um, with a beat-up box, which is funny. And it works with only with Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholas's greatest 18 holes of major championship golf, which is his official name, so long as it is. It's the actual name. Um, and you swing a golf. There, there, you can swing or do putting with it. And it, it, it somehow somehow um, registers, I guess, the, the aim of your swing and the speed of it through this, like, it's, it's about a two and a half foot um, to three foot, like, block green blocky rectangle and you swing through it so yeah when i saw this i'm like wow that looks familiar i have this with a different name and i do uh, i have it's called the true swing and the box i have to find it it's somewhere packed up the box looks exactly the same just with a different name so i think it's really funny that they probably maybe relicensed this rare peripheral out with different names and this was probably only sold at you know like weird golf stores this wouldn't be in Toys R Us. Yeah, no, this is this a is, very strange thing. I never knew and, about this until you got yours. I found one at a convention, and I, I knew this existed because this is one of those things that you, you'd see posted once on Nintendo Age, you know, Nintendo Age ever. And I was at um, a Gamesters one, Game On Expo, like 2000, and the last time I went there, I was 18 or 17. And it was a dealer that had all this stuff up above, like, like uh, consoles. And I was like, oh, okay, there's like an N64, there's like a Virtual Boy in the box. And it was sitting there, and I looked past it. And I walked away. It didn't register in my mind. And then I was like, it was like one of those delay reactions. I went like, eh, and I turned around, went back and said, how much is that? And I bought it immediately. I didn't care if it worked. It, mine doesn't work, unfortunately. The LED doesn't turn the on. The display is. The display doesn't turn on. It's cracked, right? It's cracked. Um, but this thing is so incredibly rare that I was trying to find someone to even buy a replacement. I couldn't do it. I think I've, seen, I think I've heard of it, of it being on eBay maybe twice in like 10, 10 15 years. Someone had it on... Um, Someone had it on, I think, someone posted about it on Reddit, and I tried to message them saying, hey, I'll buy yours if you have it. He never got back to me, unfortunately. Yeah, I'll think about it. I'm having twins right now. This was years ago. <laughs> I'm having twins. I'm in the middle of having twins right this said, I'm expecting twins, so I'm like, so this is a cool thing. I was going to do, do an NES Punk video if mine worked. I was like, really cool, because you know, it's like you can use a ball, but I don't think you need a ball for it, because it, it just, again, it's... it's no, it says sh- it does need a ball. Oh, I, it does need a ball? Yeah, it says you hit the ball. Oh, so you need a net then. You need to buy a net, which I don't think it comes with. Um, but yeah, you put it on the ground, you swing with the golf club. It, it's a cool device. I wish I could use mine. And this was just a little article. I guess they, got, they somehow knew this existed. I'm just really surprised that something this rare would have more than one name. Because I always knew it as a true swing golf. Which which is still, I think, a company? Or, or they did other shit? I don't know. There's like true swing golf or like the DS, for example. It might be like a brand name. True swing. It might be a trademark thing. I don't know. Very, I'm very disappointed. I sent it off to, to our, our pal, uh, Quan, to look at it. He's like, no, nah, it's not like a stock replacement, that like LED screen or whatever is LCD screen. L- LCD to LCD. LCD, yes. Yeah, so that's all. Liquid crease. So that doesn't work. You know what else doesn't work anymore, Ian? Apparently some copies of Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire in 3DS. Bam! Woo! <sighs> Nailed it. Um, anyways... Uh, so word has been coming out that a bunch of um, copies of this Pokemon game, I believe the European release specifically, a bunch of copies of it have just suddenly stopped working over the past week. Um, there's no real 
reason for it other than apparently this type of memory can fail. Um, but it's not supposed to fail for quite some time. Uh, it should be last. I think they say 20 to 35 years um, at least. This is like, what, 10 years less? Yeah, 10 years from the minimum. Yeah, I mean, it's only about a 10-year-old game that, that should not be having these problems. So this is a bad batch of, of uh, EEPROM or whatever? But that's my, the only thing I can think of. So it says, you know, the, t- the first post in this page is, um, you know, in our very small German video games community, physical Pokemon or ass games have stopped working at a surprising rate. Six known cases to us just in their group. Um, failure rate of about 50% that they can see. So... <sighs> I, I, I've always worried about the DS and the 3DS cartridges just because they're thin and they're fragile and um, they're hard to clean. The teeth on the back can break easily, which makes it hard to get them back in. Uh, you, you can't put them in the system properly that way. But now we've got the reports of this happening. Um, yeah, that's a bummer. I mean, I don't really know what else to say besides that. I, you know, There's nothing you can do to fix it. Um, but I'm just hoping that we don't see a massive amount of 3DS game cartridge failures over the next few years have you ever heard of something like this happened before with with uh, one particular game that they all went like yeah. you have the like you have the original some of the original tar games have like some biodegradable shit on the chip i forget what it is but some of the, i mean the original run of a tar game some of those eventually failed sure the ones from like late 77 but that's the only thing i ever heard of where something went like due to something inside of it like that no nothing nothing on a, with on like a, a massive a... scale or not massive but at least like you knew it was a thing like we like, I've had this. We see like my fucking chiller cart had a bad ROM because it's a shitty company, but all the other chiller carts are fine. But or a lot of them yeah, are, no, I've yeah. never seen like a mass failure of games like this. That wasn't a defect out the door, right? Like that, like the Sonic so- uh, Sonic Adventure on the yeah. Dreamcast, for instance. Um, yeah, I've never seen anything like that. But uh, we test all the Pokemon games as they come in. Um, so far, the reports on this are that it's just the European copies. Uh, so yeah, I would have to agree with you that perhaps it was a bad batch on the manufacturing line or something like that i wonder if there'd be like some sort of class action lawsuit where if it was like not like what is the guarantee on something like that like if where it's like it's not user wear and tear if if they can say oh a thousand of us these games went and you you should replace it maybe nintendo would do the right thing and just i i, I don't think if, if they have a bunch of them laying around they can send them new ones Get the get get the three DS factory hasn't been closed that long. It's only been a couple of years, right? They can get they can get get them produced probably again if they had to. Probably. Yeah, but I mean, I just I feel like ten years is too short of a it's time. Way too short. Too short of a time for stuff to be failing like that. Is that really? Is it really ten years old? It's not ten years old because the three DS was three DS two thousand eleven. Yeah, it's like eight years old, I think. So okay. um, yeah, so that's even shorter. That's even crazier. That's nuts. But it, it's it's it definitely shouldn't be happening that quick. But it's too long, I think, for there to be any liability on Nintendo's part. I mean, what did all that limited warranty shit used to say in the back of the uh, goddamn um, in the back of the NES manuals? It was like ninety days. Was it only that much? Yeah, yeah. Like this well, card is guaranteed for ninety well, they, days against defect. Well, they didn't want people to think, oh, because it's dirty. Uh, you know. Sure. Damn it. Damn it! Just tell us to use rubbing alcohol. I can't believe it was. We were afraid of kids killing themselves. It was worth it for the, be- the greater good if a couple kids killed themselves. The rest of us were cleaning their games. Lose a couple kids. For cleaning I mean, come games. on! It was in the '80s where we didn't we didn't wear bike helmets. <laughs> we were doing way yeah exactly. We were doing way worse shit. My sister was watching me. When my parents went out when she was like 11 and I was like seven. You, nowadays, you you get uh, child protective services involved for that. <laughs> Just uh, remember that. Don't open the door for anyone. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Yep. 
You can, maybe you can order pizza. Here's money or pizza. Like that's it. That that was a regular thing as an '80s kid, or or, or Gen X to, to like early millennial. That was the thing. Sorry, I'm thinking like old man. Back in my day, man, we were, hey, every once in a while one of us was kidnapped off our bikes. But hey, we, we liked it. It did happen. <laughs> Whole neighborhood was looking for me one time. I was I I, I went my bike to the next town over when I was to visit Kevin. Oh, you if probably I gonna, got in so much trouble. Not really. My father for that stuff wasn't really bad about it. But the whole neighborhood was looking for me. They mm. thought I was like kidnapped, basically. I should have just said, yeah, I'm going over to see Kevin because he, he has an NES. going to go see Kev. He's got Kung Fu. You know, so I'm going to go go hang out with Kevin before he starts making fun of me a few years later. What a game. Back. What a game. What a game? What a game. Um, What else is happening? I don't know. Nothing? Nah. Are we done with the podcast? I think we're done. That's it. Um, going home. There's a Nintendo calculator app that's now on on the Nintendo's eShop. I think I saw it's like eight euros. It's just a funny thing because it's like because you wouldn't think about needing an app for your like Switch. Why would you ever need one? Yeah, because every, everyone's phone has a calculator on it. But I just thought it was a goofy story. There's like clocks and stuff on there too. It's just yeah. I mean, people make whatever. I feel like it was like I'm going to follow this coding demo word for word and while i'm done with it i might as well publish it <laughs> i, I mean it's well probably it a, like like a built-in unit thing oh it's a, yeah it's, it's a calculator yes. yeah put a put a fun background on it or whatever and call it a call it a day try to get your 99 cents out of it or whatever yeah well no this one's eight eight pounds oh so it's, eight pounds yeah well, it was trending it was not, not, not trending but it, i saw someone post about that like it's almost like it's something you do for either by accident or for attention you know what i mean it's like one of those weird things so yeah. Hmm. Does it have like a, a lot of f- features and functions? I mean, it can't be more feature rich than. I mean, does it do graphing? I mean, is it a graphing calculator? Do people use graphing calculators in high school anymore? That stuff's not on your phone. You know, they probably have apps. They probably have graphing calculator apps. I bet you TI those assholes that was char- it'd be ninety bucks for the TI eighty. I bet you they still charge like fifty, sixty bucks for the fucking app. I bet you they still. I, I bet you they do that. I'm looking. You know right how now. like GPS apps used to be like forty bucks. Yeah. Like ten years when they first started out, before they were basically free. I'm very, screw you, Ti. I want Hewlett Packard. I had a Hewlett Packard graphing calculator that had sound on it and space. <sighs> no, I, I bet you they probably do still use the graphing calculators because it would prevent them from using the internet Everything and else? cheating out. Okay. Yeah. The graphing calculator only has what you, it has the functions. Yeah. Although we used to, we used to like. We used to make notes in our graphing calculators to help us. I already told you my had sound, right? I had a Hewlett Packard, like this really weird graphing really? calculator that had sound, a speaker, and I had a, a Space Invaders game loaded onto it. It was awesome. Uh, I, I loved the graphing calculator and all the like free games and stuff that people used oh, yeah. to pass around. That was fantastic. Uh, Texas Instruments Calculator. Let's see. I'm not trying to put you down, Texas Instruments. You're a very important U.S. company, but I mean... You know, no, computers. no, it doesn't look like there is uh, one. Well, that, surprisingly, there's a lot of free ones that have in-app purchases, and I'm sure those add up pretty quick. Some ads come in the side while you're trying to hit the like <laughs> the buy button. <laughs> yeah, it pesters you. Oh, surprising. Yeah, you're right. I, I I assume there would be like a fifty dollar app because the technology in those things is fucking nothing. Those calculators should be like five dollars. There's no. They're not coming up with new uh, new adding and subtracting methods. It's done. Like, that's it. We're not discovering new math functions. Uh, we're to put discovering in. new maths every <laughs> yeah. day. All right. It's all about it's all about this Dreamcast uh, handmade portable. Before we spiral out of control in this weird, wacky one. So okay, I'll, I'll talk about it. So someone did a three um, D printed handheld Sega Dreamcast. 
Ooh. And th- it's for sale uh, on on the Ebays. They've sold uh, five of them and four available. What This is in uh, German? No, 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 no. NL. Uh, Netherlands. It's Dutch. Uh, I will translate to English. So, um, yeah, four available, five sold. It's uh, 600 U.S. dollars or 492 euros, pat math. $50, $50 shipping, expedited? I don't know. I'm expedited. But the object location, according to this, is in Hong Kong. So that's weird. It's almost like, what are you, like a middleman to, to, to sell for someone in Hong Kong? Right. That's weird. But it's a cute-looking little device. Um, it has a, I, I hate the widescreen uh, LCD on it, but, you know, I'm sure, I'm, I'm not sure, but it, hopefully you can crop it or whatever. Yeah, but, if you can go for 4.3 uh, on this, I'd be much more interested in it. But it looks like a, it looks like a mini Dreamcast. A mini Dreamcast with like, with like a screen on top. With a screen on top um, where the uh, disc tray would be. Um, there's a hole cut in and that's where you can put a VMU. It's built in with a VMU. It's built in with a VMU. It better be for $600. Yeah. It looks, it looks like it's a real VMU and real buttons and a thumb pad. Like, like they basically cannibalized probably a Dreamcast controller parts. And a, and a VMU they stuck in the middle. The uh, body, which I'm assuming is 3D printed, yes. looks very, very nice. Looks nice. Um, yeah, the whole thing looks kind of cool. I, I would love to get my hands on it and just mess with it, but not at $600. A little more sleeker than the N64 handhold. Yeah, just the, a touch. A touch. That thing was like, <laughs> it's not really a handhold. It's, it's a desktop thing. Uh, due to high demand and uh, on and off site through other channels, there might be delays in production. Um it uses a GDMU uh, version five point one five B. So that's is that an optical drive thing? I believe it's an I believe it's real hardware with an optical, basically like an optical drive emulator. I'll look up to see what that costs because now we're getting more to the cost of that. Um, yeah, that's it's a GDMU clone five point uh, optical drive cardboard on Amazon. That costs. Um, yeah, it is an optical drive board. That costs eighty bucks. Okay, that's an eighty dollar item. You get that. You get a VMU is like fifteen bucks, whatever. That's a hundred. Yeah, I mean, okay. Dreamcast is like forty bucks, fifty bucks. It's yeah, it's a few hundred dollars of labor and uh, you know, your yeah. time R and D in the screen. So you know, it's it's a cool thing. Definitely, neat it's a one person production. They're made to order. Uh, can I get the can I get the black sports version? Oh, that'd be nice. Oh, uh, that'd be cool. That'd that be would nice, look right? nice. That'd be nice. I got to get one of those in the box. Yeah. Um, yeah. VMU built in. Every auto shell is three D printed. Do your research first about the software. It's not going to include all the games for you. You're going to have to get that on there yourself with whatever, a flash card or whatever, flash right. memory. So, yeah. Cool. That means cool. Well, I guess we'll probably, maybe we'll start seeing reviews of these on there. Yeah, it's a very clean... I mean, you would see the marks where it's, okay, I see how it's 3D printed here and there, but it's it's a cleaner design for 3D printed. Yeah, no, it is. It's surprisingly it, clean for it's 3D not a, printed. It's, just gonna t- it's one of those ones that probably take a whole day and a half to 3D print. You know, this isn't something that's going to be quick and easy. There. Neato. Yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Um, yeah, that's it for the intro. I'm feeling I'm feeling good, Ian. I'm feeling all right. I'm feeling okay. And uh, Ian, there was an announcement by Nintendo for, for an interesting program slash app that um, 
could it be a game changer? Oh, jeez, Pat. I don't know. So, uh, Game Builder Garage is coming out from Nintendo. Uh, this was announced last week. And it is a suite of game creation software um, for anyone who has a Nintendo Switch to use. So, this is built upon um, the Labo Garage. So, when you use Labo, you build something in Labo, you can use it as intended, or you can go into the garage and start to tinker with it. It has and, its own garage in Labo? Yeah, yes. Uh, and you can, you know, make things basically mess around with stuff so you can have it when it recognizes you know this input or this thing happens it will do this it'll be a function yeah so this kind of drags that out and uh makes it more focused on on game design so it's kind of like a series of if then statements in a flow chart so basically you put down a block that says uh with like a joystick on top and it's that's what it looks like and the movement left right so you're like, okay, joystick, left, right. Here's this block. You're talking about, you're talking, this is like the dev screen, basically. Yes. And there's a block. Mm-hmm. And then you can drag it to uh, you know, a block that represents a character that's on the screen. You drag like a relationship line, basically. Literally, yeah. yeah. Like You like pull a line from the this, block. This means this. Yeah. To the object that represents the player character. And, mm-hmm. then, so you, and then once you do that, you pick on the player character block move character left right so then you start building things up there you can do a button object if button is pressed make this guy jump um and it's an easy logical way to look at game design and be able to kind of i don't know uh lab something up pretty quickly i get it it wasn't meant to be uh, a pun, but but it ended up. So being they're a taking pun. basically the logic base logic from the Labo programming or development, and basically, okay, we're going to take this and make it the core of a new product. It just it's going to be basically you're making a game on that like interactive objects. So yes. So I watched this trailer, and I'm like, the first thing I think to myself is like, it's first of all, it's Nintendo cute, like all like the little joystick icon has a little happy face, yeah, and like one of them's a grumpy little guy. You know, um, the yeah, the buttons like kind of like grumpy looks almost like a Goomba. And the first thing I think is like, if Nintendo was going to do a game design app, this is the only way they can do it. It's got to be Nintendo fied. It's got to be cute and approachable and and non threatening. Then I thought, wow, I, I can't believe Nintendo has been doing games for so long. It's the first time we're seeing something like this. It's sort of like it didn't hit me that Nintendo never did something like this before, or they'd have a market for this. Then you think about well. You know they're they're almost planting the seeds with Mario Maker one and two. Well, I was gonna say they've been, and, they've been dipping their toes in. They, yeah, they've they've got the Mario Maker. Um, you know they have Labo, and um, this seems like the next step. You can only do so much with something like Mario. They want to give people the tools yeah. to do something a little bit more. Uh, this reminds me of uh, on on the Sony side of things. Uh, Sony had the Little Big Planet series made mm. by Media Molecule. Great series. Um, there was three entries in Little Big Planet plus a racing game. And basically it was a platforming game and you played through the story mode and you unlocked costumes and pieces that you could use to build levels. And then you went and you could go into level creation and you could make your your 3D graphics but 2D platforming style levels. Mm. It was essentially their Mario Maker. Yeah. Um, well, they did it first, but it was kind of like the analogy to Mario Maker. Then they, ended... there was, but there was different game types, right? Well, so in the first, th- that's what I'm getting at. In the oh. first three, 
in the first one, it was just platforming, but people found ways to do other things. Okay. They, they, okay. And then as it, it progressed in part two and part three, they started adding more things that you could do to make different types of games. So by the time part three came out, you could do like puzzling. You could do a lot of re- weird shit with part three. But they finally decided that, you know what, maybe we should just open the tools up a little bit more instead of having people break and find ways to do these weird things with 2D games. Mm-hmm. We're going to make something called Dreams which is uh, on the PlayStation 4, and sadly, sadly under-recognized. It's a great game creation uh, studio, simple to use, similar in ways to Game Builder Garage. So that brings me back here. Game Builder Garage is kind of like that. It's Nintendo's dreams. They finally, you got everything you could do out of Mario Maker. Now we want to break this open a little bit and let you do more. We want, we want to, you basically start from scratch. Yes. No, we're not just giving you, p- pacing in Mario pieces. We're now all right, well, you're going to decide what type of game you're doing. And just from my time going around the little Big Planet games and dreams, it's a lot of fun to just spend a night looking around and seeing what people make. These little two to three minute experiences Um, and very interesting things, too. I mean, I jumped from like a skydiving game in dreams to a grocery shopping game in dreams. Like it's they do all sorts of strange things. And um, I can't wait to do that with game builder garage we haven't mentioned it yet but this was something that really stuck out to me game builder garage is 30 dollars. i was gonna get to that when i saw that i was like wow that's i can't remember the first time or last time nintendo had a, like a budget first party title out of the gate like that where it's like yeah. oh, 30 bucks it's like we're not doing 60 people would buy it for 60 no 30 bucks go for it they would and you i know not- what it was that one two switch wasn't 30 bucks and 40 that was $60. How, how, like, yeah. Not in Razor was. I was like, so, like that's ridiculous. No, one, and that's you know? the perfect example. One, two, uh, Switch should have been a $30 game. And they would have sold a ton of them. Mm-hmm. They would have sold a ton of them. Yeah. Um, game Builder Garage on the, is the opposite. Game Builder Garage would sell at $60. Mm. Uh, the fact that it's $30 tells me that Nintendo does want this to, to be a thing. To take off. Yeah. Um, that's, the, like I said, we're talking about the other games. The sad thing is, is Dreams didn't really take off. There is a really nice community too, but I don't know if it's just the timing. It, they put it out at kind of in the last year of the PlayStation 4 before the PlayStation 5 came out. It had a lot of potential, but if there's not people using it and sharing games, then it fizzles out. Game Builder Garage for the Switch, which has a huge install base and a $30 price tag, um, I think we'll see a lot more. I think um, we'll see a lot more people dipping in and, and, and getting creative and trying to do stuff with this. So Nintendo was basically fostering this throughout the years. Maybe not with this being the end goal. So they, maybe they realized, oh, wow, we can do this ourselves. They probably looked at Roblox and was like, well, they got a community yes, of people making stuff. That's a good point. And they're like, wow, they monetized that. Um, I'm not saying Nintendo's going to do the same thing and have like different, you know, like tools for programmers that they'll charge money for or sound things, but maybe they will. Maybe they'll be, okay. You want to buy the the Mario sound pack? It's a dollar. I'm not saying they're going to do this stuff, but like this opens them up to monetize if they want to. There's all sorts world. of avenues here yeah. for opening it up. This is, I don't know how the graphic creation will be done. Dreams had a really interesting way of like being able to make character models and stuff. We don't know what's going to come with this because yeah, because you you see like in this sample demo, you see a 3D game, Tuna Q Factory. You see little like almost like a Game and Watch, little simple game. You know, you see a 2D game, you see a, a 3D you know horizontal shooter you see you see like a like a a a first person shooter with a target like a light gun sort of game looks like you can do anything with it like this is like this isn't just like simple stuff it can be simple it's like you can do some more complicated stuff as well um they show like the little text editor uh, excuse me text a little sprite editor there um 
This is extremely intriguing because this could end up being to Mario Maker, but better because you'll you'll come up with g- real actual games that'll be like incredible potentially. Well, I love Mario Maker, but yeah. the problem with Mario Maker is, is it all just boils down to everyone's making extremely hard levels or 10-second speedrun levels. This, yeah, which, which, which I personally don't care about either of those. I'll care about a cool, cute little game that that is inventive and fun and be like, wow, this game potentially, I'm not saying Nintendo's going to do this, maybe they'll have their own publishing portal for like the, the top games. They'll curate the top one. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this, They can do it. This is, I'm not saying this is a game, you know, facetiously, but like this will get a lot of kids and adults into programming or wanting to learn about it um, the same way Roblox did. So the, um, the logic behind it, yeah. Learning the logic because you don't learn a lot of this stuff. Like, that's the thing about programming, and I used to uh, do computer science before, before I dropped out of it, is that there, it's, it, there's not a lot of ways to learn about logical thinking processes, you know, outside of, like, programming to learn about. It's not like there's a lot of courses in grade school or high school. Where, oh, this is how you think logically about if-thens and if-a, then be like... That's not really a thing that gets taught, which is very important um, in general. Um, so, yeah, I'm super down to see what happens with this over the next year. And I keep forgetting like, that this comes out on June 11th. This is like less than a month away. I, I lo- it's a month I, away. I love Nintendo. This is how you do it. You take the Fire Pro route. Hey, it's coming out next month. Here's a trailer. Yeah, this is literally, I, we, we've said it a bunch, but this is my favorite thing about current modern day Nintendo is yes. they announce stuff and then it releases a month. There's no advantage later. to announcing this a year out. No, everyone's pumped, ready to spend the money now next month on this. Yeah, it, uh, this came out and everyone was like, oh, it comes out in a month and everyone pre-ordered it. So Nintendo, it was I mean, they just they made money. A little spaceship shooter. You see this stuff? The little examples here, the little guy. Well, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not filleting Nintendo here, but I mean, this is fun. this is really cool. Even if, even if a lot of it's just like cute little like playdate style little simple games, you know, like well, that's what I want out of it. That's all I ever little want inventive out of these cute things. things. I, yeah. I want I want short little experiences. That's what I like about uh, dreams. I like short little experiences that I can play once or twice, maybe bookmark to go back and try to get a high score. But I don't I don't actually want you don't want a big three long hours, ten hour games. I don't want RPGs in these. I want to see people. I, I want to. These are great for prototyping stuff. I want to see all the stupid ideas that maybe will never get fleshed <laughs> out into a full game, but have a uh, good idea playable right now. I'll, I'll make the prediction right now. You're going to find a few games that end up like Untitled uh, Goose Game. Sure. You're going to find games of that caliber and inventiveness and maybe that success potential. Lots of creative people out there, yeah. but they don't always know how to get that idea out of their head and in, or don't uh, have the push to do it. Paper. Yeah. How do I make the game? Yeah. There's unity, but this is like going to be drag and drop stuff. You know, with your finger, drag and drop stuff. You know, you can just do like that's that's what you want to do. Like that's fantastic. Now I'm looking forward to it. You have any a game idea in mind you want to do? Like you used to do with RPG Maker. You want? To... Oh, I'm sure I'll think of something. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm more into just playing. I, I really so want. Be... I, I love these things just to pick them up and play. People's like I haven't made anything in dreams, but I love to yeah. sit there at night. You know, once a month, twice a month, I'll turn it on. I'll smoke a blunt and I'll just uh, be like, "What are people doing?" Yeah, I, I like. We had last year for the pandemic, we actually had Animal Crossing blow up partially because of the pandemic and people were stuck. I'm not saying this is going to blow up like that did. It's almost impossible. But it won't be nothing, I think. I think this is going to be a hit. Yeah. I think it's going to be a hit and people are going to be talking about it or people will be like sharing their own creations with each other when we're back in. Oh, look at this. I, yeah. I, it's, again, it's a thing where I'm like, wow, Nintendo, why didn't you think of this before? Maybe now the Switch is the proper time to do it. Yeah. All right. I want to see Ian's game. I want to see him uh, make his little uh, bunny characters. And that's, that's right, your friend. <laughs> All right, Ian. Um, we've talked about WADA. 
before. We've talked about um, heritage auctions. We have taken over the collecting landscape the past two years and really like five months. Really, it's like the start of like 2019. It's like it's been like a, a decade. Um, there's been um, lots of stuff that's made the news. Uh, big record record breaking sales of things. Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Three, and all this this other stuff. You know, um, Pawn Star appearances a, a few times of, of you know these graded games and uh commenting i've commented on the articles in the past some are irresponsible in terms of talking about about you know uh you know is it a gold rush the sky's the limit can't fail you know it's, it's the doge coin of collecting basically <laughs> to the moon but games so along the way i, I said you know i i don't I, I can respect still collecting to a point i don't t- totally understand it but I did bid on some stuff now and then, Ian. Yes. I, and I publicly said, I'm like, I bid on like Alien 3, almost one. I was like the second highest bidder on a few a few games here and there. Nothing crazy. Um, and then, so, um, you know, like the beginning of, uh, I guess it was in March, there was an auction. I don't do this every week, every five or six weeks. I'll just see what's there. And I bid on a few things. Not, not a huge amount of money. Um, and then nothing goes, nothing happens. And then I checked an email about, Three and a half weeks after one of these auctions ended, and I didn't know the auction ended, but but I, I checked like one of my I guess spam emails. You know, we all have a spam email, and it said, "Hey, you won something, and your payment's not overdue." I'm like, "What? <laughs> what?" So I go to the site, and I'm like looking around, I'm like, "What? We're, we're, I bought something. What?" And um, there was a statement to buy that I bought something, and I was already assessed a late fee because I didn't pay it within a week. <laughs> Uh, on top of it, right? So I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I couldn't even remember what I had bid on that I wanted to win. That's how, like, I'll just throw out some bids. I'll just throw out some bids, and I'll, and I'll see what happens. So I paid for the item with the late fee and with shipping, and then uh, it shipped about uh, a month later, um, and I got it. And you want to see what I got? Yeah, I do. And it's, and it's, it's absolutely ridiculous what I got. See what you got. With, with, with the fees, with the late fee, um, uh, sorry. Yeah, it was it, it was interest. I paid. I paid seven dollars sixty one cents of interest, not a late fee. interest. Uh, my invoice with with it was two hundred fifty three dollars and eighty two cents. That included the shipping was about uh, twenty bucks, twenty five bucks or so, and then you have the twenty percent fee. So I think I bid around two ten on this, something like that, and I won it. I'm, I'm always embarrassed. What I won. It's not an NES game, and I thought I was bidding an NES game. <laughs> I now hold, which could be the best condition one, because I looked, Winter Games on the 2600. Love that game, but not the 2600 version. <laughs> Definitely love the uh, PC, uh, the Apple version of that. 1985, I remember playing this at my, on my friends. Not on this, I played the, like, the Commodore version, Winter or Summer Games. Sure. So I bid on this, I think, thinking it was the NES one, because the NES one's hard to find in the box. That's always the one I'd say there was always a sealed collector couldn't find Winter Games sealed. Not that it went for only that amount of money. I was like, okay, I'll throw a bid out. I probably threw out a bid of like $700. Thank God this wasn't bid up more because I probably thought the NES game, yeah, I'll bid up like $700. Thank fucking God. <laughs> so so it's, it took about a month to arrive. It was extre- – I'll, I'll say this. This, is gonna be a, this isn't a Heritage Auctions ad. It was packed better than it should have been. 
This was this is already in a protective case. This was multi. I don't think anyone's going uh, to mistake anything uh, we say as an ad for heritage. Options. I'll give you the facts. It was mul- just the facts, man. Multi multi bubble wrapped, Ian. I mean, like several inches of bubble wrap in a box, and then that was put in another box. Because when it showed up, this thing showed up at my doorstep. I didn't know what it, like what package it was. Mm-hmm. It was like a a I don't know th- four foot box, three and a half foot box. I was like, what the hell is this? It was a uh, Winter Games for the 2600. <laughs> 9.4, Ian. A++ seal. 1984 black, bo- black box, flip-top lid, no country. So this was probably was pulled from a shipping case, likely. But what's interesting about this, Ian, it also came in a baggie because some people don't want to like, get smudge figures, f- uh, finger, uh, yeah. fingers on it. Whatever. It has a lot on this. There was also a thing. Uh, there was also a... a, a um, a slip to make sure, oh, make sure that everything's in the, you know, like a shipping form to make sure everything was there. But um, what's interesting about this case, because we have uh, a couple of them, the, the, bo- the, the game is not secure. No. It goes back and forth. Yeah, that's... This that's is a, not good. That's this, a bad... That's not look. a Heritage Auctions. This is on WADA. That's uh, bad. So this was, this was then for an oversized game, because an NES game was smaller than this. Yes. There's no, I guess they don't have a custom 2600 box. That's bad. Yeah, the fact that it's not um, being held in there. Let me show you. In re- in the, it tells me that this isn't go. about okay. preservation. That's well. That's yeah. That's not good. This is about preservation. This would not be sliding around in here. So this is an NES game, not sealed. This uh, when 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 Wada first started, um, I guess they wanted to ingratiate with me and Ian. Ian got a Ducktales complete in box, and I was given a Golgo Thirteen complete in box. Um, these are secured. They're not really moving that much. Yeah. In here, now those are those are in, those are in place. These are in place with like a little plastic thing on the on the back, I guess, to hold it in. There's a plastic thing above it. Yeah, it slipped into a plastic piece. This does not have that. So if you compare the sizes, I just think it's funny that I was given this because I actually own this seal. This is not a sealed copy that's uh, water graded. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, I bought this by accident. But I could not find one that was also a 9.4 on either eBay or on Heritage Auctions uh, itself in past auctions. So, yeah, I got it. And I don't know what to do with it now. It's silly as fuck. <laughs> it's silly that I got the wrong item. But it's also silly that, you know, it was also silly I was assessed a $7, a $7.61 late interest because I didn't pay within a week. <laughs> Come on, Heritage. Come on. You're already taking 20% on top of uh, buyer's fee. Really? Plus the shipping. My God. But at least it was packed well. Yeah, I'll put it out front here. Um, yeah, it was a weird. It was a weird experience. I'm. I'm not happy or sad. I got it. It's just like, now that I got it, it's just a thing. It's it's a it's a it's a encased tomb trinket. What are you looking at uh, the thing in the back? Uh, the rating. The rating is two joysticks and one thinker, which means that it's mostly action, but there's still a little strategy. I'll, I should sell my my Google thirteen one here that was given to us. You still got your Ducktales one, yeah. So alongside with alongside the actual game came with um, the little contact sheet of all their specialists. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're talking like modern contemporary art, jewelry, coins, and it's funny. Almost every other historical manuscripts. Uh, illustration art. There's like several comics, at least several experts for each mm-hmm. for video games. It's the one person we brought before, uh, Valerie McLeckley. That's the one 
specialists they have because it shows how new it is and how you know they might be pulling stuff at, out of their butts uh, potentially but everything else there's a bunch like americana and political stuff civil war mil- military stuff arms and armor tons of people they also sent a collector's handbook <laughs> of like all their major stuff to to gussy you up and tell you about oh you know like to gussy stuff. you up well i mean like <laughs> selling your collection evaluating your collection estate planning for your collection you know a lot of a lot of these markets like art and, and coins and stuff you got to have money you're you know it, you're diversifying really Oh, cool. A 1792 cover dollar. You know what? There's no video game section in here. Oh, wow. You know why? It's, it's too, too new, new and it's not really established. Yeah. I was flipping through. I'm like, yeah, I, don't, I see. Oh, there's Mickey Mantle's uh, famous uh, 52 car. You've probably even seen that mm-hmm. Mickey Mantle car before. You know, like, there's not a lot in here. You got, you got Mickey Mantle, like, rookie. You got, the, I, I've seen this coin before. I've seen, the, I've seen that Liberty coin before. You've seen that before, yeah. that picture. Um, yeah, I don't see. Oh, Muhammad Ali's gloves when he when he fought and beat Sonny Liston. Yeah, that's an awesome thing to have. Um, there's no video games in here that I can see. Great, Ga- the first Great Gatsby is in here, not Little Prince. Captain America number one punching out Hitler. I just think it's interesting that if you had a wedge of video games into here, it would be alongside like old ass coins, you know, fine watches, um, and like uh, Norman Rockwell paintings. And things like that. I just think it's interesting, but that but they probably, they probably send it out to everyone. Yeah, I was on their mailing list before, even before I won this. I was on their mailing list for upcoming auctions. I didn't know how. I was like, oh, because I, I registered a bid and I need your address, probably. That's probably how. Sure. But anyway, yeah, that's my story. Should I feel shame that I got this, or just like, I don't know, that's weird. I mean, there I, might be. There might. I don't be, know that you should feel shame. <laughs> I was just shocked. It's a strange. I, thing I honestly that, like that you did. Like I got a weird feeling when I saw that I won something. I didn't know what I won. I was just like, "This could be good or weird," or because like I only bet, I only bid on strange shit that most people won't want. That's still like kind of weird and rare. Like like that. If it was the NES one, it's like, oh, it's a rare game to find that but no one really wants it it's not gonna be every you know what i mean mm-hmm. i'm not gonna bid on the shit that i know is gonna go for a lot of money so but i there was other bidders there was other bidders on that and i got it so anyone out there uh you know i'll, I'll flip it whatever uh if anyone wants a, the best graded uh sealed winter games on the market by the way before i sold before i even paid for it i could have sold it on heritage auction site the offer to sell it was already there. You can buy it and just put it back up, like reset. Like so, the interest thing is almost like a credit thing for, for having it on the store. Almost that's the way I think it, they're uh... running it. So it's almost like Ian, I can gamble and buy an expensive game, don't have to pay for it, and then can flip it to someone else to buy. I see. Very weird. See how this gets kind of murky about murky about who's actually putting yeah. money in here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A little Doge coiny, a little bit, a little coiny, <laughs> little a little a little crypto ish, a little cryptoy. Yeah, that, that that's all I'm gonna say about it. It's, it was a weird experience. I'm, I'm like happy I went through it once. The the interest thing is really weird. Come on, man. That's really weird. That is strange. Come on, man. You know, or at least just charge charge me the the. How about just charge me the the buyer's premium that don't send until I pay the rest. Just do that. But that's that's a little weak. The seven dollars was weak. Imagine if it was a, a game for like twenty grand, you know, it would have been hundreds of dollars, Pat, yeah, on it. So anyway, yeah, I won it on, um, I won it on three sixteen, 
and my invoice was due a week later. A week I had to, to to pay for it. I didn't realize it, and I paid it. I paid for it two weeks later. That's what happened. So, yes, yeah, so it was like a little over a month it took to get arrived. All right. Well, there it is, Ian. There it is. Shame. You're going to be the shame lady from Game of Thrones with the bell. Shame. 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 I'll put it back in here. I'll bring it to conventions. You all can look at. Yeah, but 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 Wada. Yeah, bring it. Bring it to conventions. But Wada. This is not secure, buddies. This is not secure at all. I don't need to get an email about it, but like, come on, man. So show some, put, so put some respect on these Atari games right here. So, all right. <sighs> that wasn't too painful. All right, Ian. Yes. Um, Patreon.com slash CU podcast. We have a Patreon, Ian. We do. That's where you go for it. <laughs> um, what do you get there? I got to retweet your writing. You get, uh, I still got to tweet it out. Uh, oh. Do weekly writings. We do hangouts. We do, uh, you get the full video podcast. And, uh, and you vote on a poll. And you vote on a poll topic. All right. Uh, in second place, at what point, at what point of price increase or life change would you definitely sell your game collection? 38%. That's not, not bad for a two way split. Not, not bad. Uh, and in first place, I have 62%. Games you like. In, in genres that you generally do not prefer. So I have a couple that I could think of. Um, one is uh, Fantasy Star Online. Um, I generally do not like um, MMO. I, I generally don't like online RPGs. Um, Fantasy Star Online I like because it's not an MMO. Uh, it's more of a Diablo-type game. Um, it came out uh, originally on the Dreamcast, and I loved playing it, but I could never get into like Ultima Online. And this is going back to how far, uh, how long ago it was when I really tried these. Couldn't get into Ultima Online. Couldn't get into EverQuest. Never tried World of Warcraft. Tried Final Fantasy XI. That sort of like big online RPG um, genre is not something that I generally like. On that note, I did like the time that I spent with Final Fantasy XIV. I just can't. I don't want a game where I have to literally schedule it. I feel like I have to literally schedule it into my life. And I feel like that's what MMORPGs are. I see. But yeah. I do like Final Fantasy XIV, and I like Fantasy Star Online. Um, but I think the one that really kind of flies in the face of what people would generally think I like and what I generally like is um, I'm a big fan of the two Tom Clancy's Division games. Um they're, the gameplay is just fun as fuck. It's, it's so good. It's third person shooting. Third, it's third person cover based shooting. And the systems that they have in place, it's just really, really fun to play. And I don't know, it scratches some sort of itch. The, the gameplay loop is small and repetitive. Enter room, see enemies, cover, run from cover to cover, shoot enemies. But like, the stories I don't really care about. I'm not into like the Tom Clancy stuff. I'm not into like the espionage stuff. I'm not into the government stuff and the firearm stuff. Like I just don't rah rah Tom Clancy. Yeah, I just don't get into any yeah. of that. But those games really truly grabbed me to the point where like I, I they they made me go and try other games that I was like maybe I can find. Remember I talked about Destiny a couple weeks ago. You're my density. Dest yeah, Destiny. I, I, I wanted to play Destiny because I was like, well, it's a sci-fi theme. I like sci-fi. I uh -huh. can do sci-fi better than I can do this weird militia man stuff. And, militia uh, man. and the game is just, it's not the same. It's not the same thing. It's just a normal first-person shooter. And uh, it didn't grab me. So I, I, I'm desperately looking for something that plays like The Division, but isn't The Division. <laughs> and, I, and I can't find it. So until I do, I guess I'll be looking forward to Division 3. What about you? 
Oh, okay. Um, a couple came to mind while you while you were talking. Um, one I go back to as the, one of the only, I guess, JRPG type of games um, from the '90s era that I got into. Really enjoyed the gameplay and the characters, and everything. Chrono Trigger. I don't gravitate towards any of those uh, Super Nintendo RPGs at all. I still need to play Chrono Trigger, but everyone says it's amazing. What? I can't believe that. That's insane. Uh, but Chrono Trigger, the reason I like it, and I haven't played it now in like 20 years, over 20 years, is that um, I love the characters. I love the sense of humor stuff. I love the Super Frog. Uh, I love the time travel stuff. Uh, the music's great. I love the fact that there's branching paths uh, to that. I got intimidated finding out there's like fucking 25 different type of endings depending on what the things you do in the game. Yeah. I, that actually kind of threw me off. I was like, oh, then, you know, but that's replayability. Not, a lot of these RPGs don't have that sort of replayability right. like that. This they, tell, they tell a static story and that's it. Whereas Different, this, you can yes. go through a bunch. You can basically pick the people in your party. Like you can pick up people. And the, and the fact that um, it has the, the active time battle system. So most RPGs I don't like because you just all right, click a button, click a button, click a button. This, you, how fast you react and how you do things plays a part into it. And at the time, that was like, revo- like revolutionary to, to include something like that. Um, and I remember, and I remember the specific mechanics, but even the timing, it was, I think it was also like, was that Super Mario RPG that had the timing of the, of the hits? To, yes. Uh, Super Mario, Paper Mario has that too. If I I'm not think mistaken. Chrono Trigger had, but don't kill me. I don't remember it. But the, the combination of the active time battle, the combos with your partners, that was a unique thing. I don't remember being like, oh, you can combo different things with different character. I was like, oh, it's, it, there's more thought into put into this than just well, I have a party of characters and they all hit people one at a time. Sure, it, it, there was something that made you think a little bit more uh, using some uh, strategy more so than in a regular RPG. I really like that. I love the graphic style of the game. And that's, but ask me, hey, Pat, how many other sort of RPGs like that have you played in your life? I was like, I, I, I none. Not, <laughs> yeah, not a lot of them. And maybe I'd enjoy them, but I don't, I'm not drawn to them. I'm not saying I hate that genre either, but it's like they're so samey to me after a while. It's like, how much more can you get out of it? Now you're just basically swapping out characters and stories. Right. So Chrono Trigger to me is a big one. Uh, I thought of another one. I don't, I do not dislike racing games in general. But there are certain types of racing games I never got into. Like, I never really got into Need for Speed. I had one on the PC I didn't really like. I think I got Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. It was like number three or whatever. Okay. Um, but I always bring up a game that I never thought about. I really don't necessarily like games like this. I, I love Midnight Club. And that's not a type of uh, arcade racing style. It's not really an arcade race because it's more open. It's an open game. I like like regular, like, you know, like Cruising USA. This is a totally different type of game genre, though. Versus like Cruising USA. Um, I really enjoyed that game. Um, then I thought I also love Driver. So do I really like the certain environments of an open driving game like that? But 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 Midnight Club is not Driver. They're both driving and racing, but they're different right. games. Uh, so I thought about that. I can't think of another game like Midnight Club I've ever gotten into like that, where they have like capture the flag and tag like, and it's just goofy, like well-designed, very awesome like in between arcade and sim race mechanics you know you still have to be able to drift and handbrake and things like that but it's very accessible very easy to get into but it can be very competitive and fun and that was another one i thought of like the 3d arcade but open racing game is not something it's not a genre i dislike it's just not something that you would normally grab because there's tons of games they make like that especially in the modern era i'm like i don't 
need to play any of them. Right. You know? I never go back to them. Uh, like, 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 I like shooter. I don't gravitate towards shooters necessarily, but I do think about. I don't. I like the shooter genre a lot more than JRPG genre, and like this open arcade racing genre. You want to call it that? You know, those are the ones that came to mind immediately. The uh, Midnight Club series has been. It's always popular, always in demand. People are always looking for part three. Um, well, they've had more than three, right? They, they've had like different... uh, the last one they did was Midnight Club LA. That, that was the was last the, one? That was PS3 and 360. They, they didn't do one during the PS4 era. They did Street Racing. They did uh, Midnight Club, Midnight Club 2. Okay. There's, well, come on, Rockstar. You got other properties. Come on. Give us a Midnight Club. But anyway, those are ones. Then I thought about puzzle games. Um, puzzle games is a weird one because a puzzle game is almost like each puzzle game is its own mini genre. They're like they're different how they yeah, you get you, you, you have You have your, your larger... It's, it's yeah. like the it's like the the, the anime the kingdoms uh, yes. the, the genus and the, whatever you know what I'm kingdom trying to fi- say kingdom file class order family genius yes. species how do I remember that there that's the go. order so yeah it's it's a, it's it's a different genus yeah um, it's uh, but like I love Doctor Mario I don't dislike Tetris but I love playing Doctor Mario more than I like playing Tetris yeah I just Tetris is my least favorite of the major puzzle games uh, because I'm bad at it 100 percent because I'm bad at it. Uh, but I, I really like um, Puyo Puyo. The, the Dr. Mario style has always been a lot of fun. I love, too, I love, which pu- is very similar to. I love Puzzle Bobble. If, if, yes. is that, it's like puzzle yes. and action, but I love Puzzle Bobble. Yeah, that's that's more like speed. Re- I mean, it's puzzle, but there's. Not really puzzle. I love that game, too. But yeah. Um, and then I thought of one genre, you know. Uh, oh, Pat's but- coming, coming correct with the answers today. Don't I not usually? Come on, put, give me some credit here. I, I'm on that carbol ice cream cake crunchy high. Um, <laughs> it is a genre that's fallen out of favor since like the 70s and early 80s. You know the you know the, the what's, what's the proper term? Uh, you know brick and ball, uh, or if you want to say or paddle and ball. I think it's a proper paddle and ball is the genre breakout style. Exactly, but you can't use that. Yes. So that's not a genre I want to play, but I always play Arkanoid. I actually really like that genre of games, but you have to have I don't. a spinner. Got to have a spinner. I don't. You know, okay, maybe I do. Or some sort we, of we analog. Had, we had a we had a DOS game that was a, a paddle and ball, like a breakout uh, clone. That I can't remember now what it was, but wow, I just remember that it had the different sounds in the PC speaker. Look up like DOS DOS breakout game, like 1985 or 84, and see what comes out. I just remember that. But anyway, but that's not a genre that if you throw those games in front of me, I'm not going to play those. But Arkanoid is like the peak of the of you know basically the, you know the peak of the whole experience. Back in what was that eighty six or so something like that video game years. Um, Warlords is a great uh, variation. Yes, yeah, so maybe I, maybe I like maybe I like the genre. I mean, it's just hard to make a good game. That's different difference. I think I think the the, the game has to be fairly fine tuned, but it's a great game. It, it's it's a it's, All right, a, it's I'm, a good I'm, it's a good genre. I went a bridge too far, Ian. Yeah. I'm not as good as you think. I went a bridge too far on this one. So I'm sorry, paddle and ball genre. One of the one of the the original the original video game the OG game genre yes. paddle and ball you know, or they used to, uh, you know electronic tennis that's electronic like, tennis you yes. hit a ball off a, off a little line before it was pong mm, circus Atari is really fun too okay we're, I'm wrong sorry is there any other any ones uh, I was I, it would be too easy I was gonna say like oh like you know like uh, Guitar Hero no I don't like any of those games though <laughs> so I don't like any of those you know um, yeah. All right. Is that it for that? That wasn't bad. That's it. Ian and other fellas out there, great news. 
If you care about male grooming and looking good, this is the news we've been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. Join the over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code Podcast at manscaped.com. Craftsmanship and the details on the 4.0 are next level. Their advanced ceramic blade and skin-safe technology ensures your tenderest areas are as safe as possible. What makes this trimmer different than all the other trimmers? Has a new multifunction on-off switch to engage a travel lock. Take it with you anywhere. Don't worry about it turning on. Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all over through additional guard lengths with sizes one through four. Do some shapes and designs. Go for it. <laughs> and looks-wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte and gloss finish. Even features a hot foil-stamped black chrome Manscaped logo. Woo! Woo! Show that mower off loud and proud. The optimized lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof, so you can groom in the shower and not have to worry about making a mess on the floor. And the lawnmower 4.0 has new wireless charging uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. If you're still using your razor to trim both your face and your balls, what is this, the 1800s? It's time to make changes. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Podcast at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using code Podcast. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. We have, Ian, a voice call-in system oh good it's on a telephone we we don't have a producer we can do a live call-in system if we had a producer to screen calls we don't have that unfortunately no we, we, don't. we get someone in a glass booth behind there someone look up facts for us uh you know um so you go to anchor.fm slash to see podcast and you could you could uh leave a short message or a question about something and if we like it we're not legally obligated to answer all of them we will we'll we'll, we'll, we'll take you on first one here Hey, Pat and Ian. Uh, this is Mason from small town Orangefield, Texas. Uh, big fucking fan. I oh. hope I can swear in these. Too late. Uh, I just I just wanted to know if you guys had any plans for, you know, collections or things you've amassed in your life for whenever you pass away, as morbid as that is. Uh, are you wanting to have like, children that you can leave everything to? Or do you have plans set up? If you need an heir, I'm happy to do it. Uh, again big fan we've gotten a rash of questions like this lately it's like the fourth or fifth time we're either having kids what happens when you die what are people going to do when people get your games you die Um, something weird happening or people are Uh, over concerned about our health they see that we're getting dusty and old getting dusty getting dusty and old you'll be in your 40s what next year Uh, I'll be 39 this year 40 next year yeah all right okay Hey, Ian, and also, hey, Pat. Oh, hi. I'm a person, and I've been thinking a lot about batteries. Do soldered-on or rechargeable batteries affect which game cartridges or hardware you collect? Do you think we'll be able to find a replacement battery for the Wii U gamepad or the Game Boy Micro 15 years from now? Or are we just going to have to give them a tail and plug it into some other power source? Thanks for the thoughts. That was a very, like, like a game show type of like a voiceover style person's got a future yeah uh in 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 uh i don't know very almost rod roddy esque all yes. right uh, does that affect you at all like it no it doesn't not really um you right. know so far all of those batteries have been able to be you know replaced and soldered um there are companies out there that make socketed 
uh, I, I guess that's maybe the right word. The socket replacements batteries. where you can solder them in and then you can just literally slide a battery in and out when it goes bad. Um, we still have Game Boy Advance SP batteries that are being manufactured today. Those are 15 years old. There's a, uh-huh. a place for it. Uh, specifically, the Wii U. Interesting, because the Wii U wasn't you know popular. Sold like shit. Um, sold like shit. Yeah, I mean, it's at some point we'll get to we'll get to where we can't get batteries for these anymore. But I don't think it's going to be in 15, 20 years. I think we're thinking like a hundred years from now. There's always companies. Video games are popular. There, there are companies out here that exist specifically to make sure those things are still in production. The only thing that has not been reproduced, even like arcade parts are being reproduced and remade. The only thing, like the arcade yeah. CRT is the only thing. CRT. No one's cranking out the CRTs, I think, anymore. That's a little bit more cumbersome, I think. Sure. That's about it. There has to be a, a solution long-term for that, for, like, arcades. I, I hear they're, they are coming up with, like, a way to make an LCD look like a CRT or something. There's a way to do it, I think, but, you know, they'll, they'll figure that out. That's really the big thing is CRTs. It, when, when those go, like, it's hard to get replacements Yeah, for those. Let's see, like, there's a bunch laying around somewhere. All right, next. Thanks for the question. Thanks for the question. That's how you would say it. <laughs> Hey guys, Jeff Dickinson here from Dallas, Texas. Hey Jeff. This question is to Ian, but Patrick, I'd like to have your input. Do you think physical media in the future will disappear? I'm old school. I love putting that CD into my Sony Discman, throwing those headphones on, or even putting that record on, still the headphones, or even putting that Laserdisc movie inside my Pioneer player and watching that way. I know things are going digital, but... Is there still a collector value do you guys see in the future for this kind of stuff? For me, I still rock it and still love it. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Jeff, time marches on. Um, will there be a, a – it depends upon the market and it depends upon specifically what it is, but overall, most of it will be junked. I mean, uh, historically, it's going to be junked. That's just, that's, that's just what it comes down to. I think there's always going to be right. some form of physical media for various things. People will find ways to do it. But no, we are moving quickly towards uh, digital, you know, a digital future. I don't know that I'll ever see that full transition. But I, 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 I was thinking about it last night, and I don't know why. I, I was you don't looking. think you're going to see the full transition? It's already here. Well, I'm saying people oh. abandon it entirely. Um, well, we're going to be gray, but like, like I said, the Zoomers don't care about no, they physical don't. media um children are our future i think there's always going to be collectors but i don't think that physical media yeah. will necessarily but, always exist but once the people that grew up with it die off you'll be left with weirdos that are like well this is how people used to play tiffany on a, on a cassette i'm not saying there's going you know. to be wide adoption i'm just saying yeah, that, yes. yes that will, will for, still be around but for a sustainable collectible market you need a decent amount of people or else it falls into sure you know, the model train territory. I, I think yeah. It, it, it's, yeah, I think you need to be more specific. Sure. Movies, physical media, games, physical media. That's all going to have different shelf lives, I think. Movies is done. Yes. I mean, it's only, the only reason things is worth money now is because they haven't reprinted this stuff or it's not available for streaming. It's like the old, the old movies Frank likes. You're competing with other, you know, other uh, boomers that want the old movies that are hard to get. Right. Like that's what, it, or the same with some of the CDs too. But then again, a lot of them is like, well, like he doesn't realize he can probably get them streaming, but so he just likes the CDs. Sure, he still likes doing. Like he said, like putting the CD in, you know. But Frank, Frank never never went back to uh, vinyl. Hey guys, this is Aaron from the Hungry Trilobite Podcast. I have a question about your coverage of the Toys R Us closing and the subsequent efforts to revamp it. 
why do you think another company hasn't tried to slip into the void in the meantime and open up a similar store? Seems like it would have been the logical thing to do. Thanks. Uh, because uh, retail is very difficult even before the pandemic um, in terms of getting into it, having a footprint and getting the marketing out. So you can maybe survive as like a, a one-off. There's still probably one-off toy stores here and there. I don't know about one locally here. You know, but we always grew up with it would be like a one-off toy store. You know, that would carry carry some of the stuff, but they would carry some like G.I. Joe stuff and like My Little Pony, but it was mostly the weirder stuff. It was mostly Playmobil. Um, yeah. I had a place in Buffalo called Clayton's. Uh, that was yeah. that, that sort of place. Um, I, I think, one, I think, yes, the timing of the pandemic uh, made it difficult. I feel like if we hadn't lost that entire year, you might have seen something try. Well, but, Toys R Us had the few pop-up shops before the, in New Jersey, yes. but before the pandemic. Um, what I think is most likely to happen is that you're going to see smaller stores that specialize more. Uh, there's going to be more focus. You're going to get your game stores, your your video game stores, your board game stores, which we already have. You think we get like action figure I store? Think, I think that's something we're going to see. I think we're going to see um, a figure store. And I don't think that's going to be able to be doable in all uh, you know, everywhere in the U.S., but I think there is enough of a market because when you see a lot of people our age talk about, you know, they lament the absence of toy stores. It's because a lot of them are figure collectors and they don't have anywhere to go now except for like or, Target. Nor to take their kids. Yeah, yeah. Or nor to take their kids. I think there is probably a market for a small independent um, figure store. In comic shops do that to a certain degree. Like Vani does carry certain figures, but I think you need something larger. The problem is, is I don't I'll think I don't think the distribution methods for those companies are are made with small stores in mind. No. There's a reason why you don't see the newest Mattel toys in other places. You didn't see them in other places besides Toys R Us or KB. Is because I think they needed to order in such a quantity. They also got a lot of exclusives. KB's have exclusive yeah. uh, like X-Men figures. It was like, oh, this is the Weapon X version of the Wolverine figure. Toys R Us would have exclusive versions of stuff. Uh, a, sm a one off can't do that. They also don't have the buying power that like a Target has or a Walmart. And I'm more thinking about a, a Toys R Us environment for a child, and that's really what the biggest loss is. Because when you go into a Target, you get like three, four aisles of toys, yeah, but you're not getting the variety that you got in Toys R Us. You're not getting the weird stuff to have a chance. It's limited It's limited shelf space right. of stuff that they know Target knows we're going to put out stuff that's going to sell. So it's only going to be Marvel. It's only going to be Star Wars. No weird shit anymore. You won't get mask in 2020. You won't get like the, the weird shit unless there's a property attached. Well, mask had a property. You know what I'm saying? You won't get the weird stuff like Air Raiders. That's a good one. Air Raiders was a cool toy in the 80s. That was around for like a year. Yeah. That would never get a chance nowadays to be a major toy. They would never get a chance to have commercials. And, and you know what I mean? Like I watch all these 80s commercials. There's all these toys that are like, wow, that's weird and strange. You don't see that stuff probably anymore being pushed as much because you don't have a Toys R Us. You don't have a Kitty City. You don't. You don't have a child's uh, child's world slash you know child pals. You don't. Right. Um. You don't have the space. It's a shame. All right. Uh, next, here from this fellow. Hey Pat and Ian, it's Andrew from New York. Pat, I watched Flea Market Madness since the beginning. Ian, I watched you since the beginning. On with Pat. My question is: If an alien race came down to Earth, what? Three games would you give him if he wanted to know what video games were? That's actually a great question. Uh, that was going to be a full topic. Uh, uh, Doom 2, Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> Doom 2? Yeah. Okay. Why not? 
Well, you'd scare them because we were shooting aliens. Um, I wouldn't like that. I mean, I think and we're going to understand that it's video games. But they, I, I, I'm not worried about scaring them. Doom 2, Super Mario Brothers, Pac-Man. Okay, I was with you, Pac-Man. I think you have to go simple first, not to scare them. Do you want to scare them? We don't know. We don't know how or if they're like. Are they microbes? Are they like little blobby guys? Are they like have you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, Pac-Man's up there. I mean, you might want to throw something. You might want to throw something more modern there. Throw a Halo in there or something. Oh, don't shoot the aliens. You well, want to yeah, start a war? Come on, can't be you as president. It's probably bad. Be like Mars attacks. Um, I think it's interesting that they're basically been softening us the past couple years. The public to basically announce that aliens exist. Like they're we're getting to that point with our government. If you'd notice, they're like, oh yeah, we don't know what this stuff was officially from the Pentagon. Like they're they're softening us. I'm not saying there's gonna be a major announcement, but they're they're softening us for something that's happening. They are. You haven't <laughs> seen all the, the stuff come out? Yes, I have. They're, they and other countries have already said in the past. Oh yeah, there's stuff. And so the U.S. is like the one of the last major ones holding on and saying, oh, we we're afraid of telling the people. We there's so much bad shit that's happened. How can it get worse? That alien? Wait, they're going to blow up the planet. Come and do it. Put us out of our misery. <laughs> Great. Um, all right. Uh, next. Hey, Pat and Ian. This is Pat from Boston. Hey. Longtime listener, first time caller. This show rocks. Keep up the good work. Thank you. I've got a question primarily for Ian, but I know both of you have discussed Why? this. In the it's past. always for Ian. It's breakfast food. Yes. I'm a big breakfast sandwich lover. Yes. However, oddly, I've never gotten into omelets. So what? I'm curious. What are some ingredients that you would throw into an omelet, perhaps that are unique oh, God, or not thought of, that would kick it into high gear and make somebody who's never really been passionate about them fall in love with them? Come on, Pat. I call you Pat, Patrick. You're in Boston. There's tons of diners. You go to any nice diner, they'll have like 15 different omelet options. You start from there. You got like the Western omelet. You got like you got like you got somewhat like a bacon in it with like Swiss cheese. You got the veggie omelet. My mouth's You get like you get like you can do one like broccoli and, and sliced up tomatoes in there. An omelet's like the, the omelet's like choose your own breakfast adventure. That's why I love omelets. You can do whatever you want. You put olives in there if you want. Feta cheese. Two of my favorite. It's fantastic. Omelet. Omelet's great. Two of my favorite omelet uh, ingredients. Since this question was directed at me, Patrick. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, that's right. Okay, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you. Right, I'm, I'm done. All right, bye, everyone. Uh, would be mushroom and uh, avocado. Not necessarily at the same time. Um, but they're very, very good uh, omelet fillings. Avocado in omelet was not something I had had until I came out to San Slice Diego. On top? No, oh. in. In? In. Right before they roll it right up. Right before they roll it up. Yeah. It's, it's not guac. You're saying no, just slice it sliced up. Sliced avocado. It's okay. creamy. It's delicious. Uh, it's it's, it's right. easily All one right. of my favorite things that All I've right. started putting in omelets. Um, and I wanted to say, Gummy bears. mentioned breakfast sandwiches. I have really been working on some uh, great uh, I'm, I've been trying to perfect the simple egg and cheese breakfast sandwich. It's my favorite. I've come to the conclusion that when it comes to breakfast sandwiches, egg and cheese is basically all I need. Bacon, yeah, I need nice. I like, Sausage, I like a meat. fine. But no, I, I just like I love the I love the simplicity what, of a basic egg and cheese. What do you cheese. put on a piece of toast? Like what do you put on toast? Uh, so I've been using muffin, nice wheat rolls. I've been using nice like uh, like uh, I can't Whole remember what rolls? they're called. Uh, they're, they're, it's like a Mexican roll. How about a ciabatta bread? Um, I don't like ciabatta bread. Really. It's, everything just shoots out the fucking back. Uh, but I've been cutting it and then buttering it and then grilling them uh, real nice and toasty in, in the cast iron toasty. pan. So they get that crispy, crunchy, salty, buttery layer. Ooh. And then I've been mixing. Uh, um, I've been making uh, a spicy uh, mayo with um, sriracha. Ian, what are you doing? Buddy? And mayo. You got to make you gotta, spread that on. You need a food truck. Ian. That's your two definitely. scrambled eggs. Cheddar cheese. 
Ian's so food good. truck. Ian's food truck. That's your just future. Amazing. God, it should. Quit the podcast. Quit Luna. Ian's food truck. Quit everything. I'm just gonna live in the truck. The food <sighs> truck life actually sounds really appealing. You you converse with people. You make some money. Doesn't sound bad. Not a lot of over. Not a lot of overhead. Yes, you need you need your permits, your health permits, but you don't own a restaurant. It's a fucking truck. Got to rent a kitchen. What's that? You usually got to rent a kitchen to do prep work and stuff like that. Really? Yeah. You can't you, you can't do the prep work yourself. I mean, you can't. You you rent kitchen space to do the prep work. So you can have a you can have a stove in front of you and big counters. You prep everything and then you get everything together in the truck and you finish it in the truck on the. So cover. where do you go then to do the prep? You find like community kitchens that you can rent out. Oh, that doesn't yeah. sound like a lot of money. No, I mean it, it can be, but it's it doesn't have to be. Then you get the helper to help you throw him a few bucks. It's fantastic. Yeah, I see that in your future. You'll be semi-retired. Fuck the podcast. <laughs> Don't make food. That's your dream. That's what, that's your passion. That's what I should be doing. See, do uh four four or five more. Uh, we got time. It's only this is a shorter podcast so far. Um, I just had it in front of me and I lost it. I lost it. Hey guys, it's Andrew of Ukraine. So, Ian, I have a question to you. Since you have started telling us stories from the game stores, did any person from those stories reach out to you and say, said, like, yo, what the heck? Why are you telling crap about us on that internet radio or whatever you do? So, did it happen? Somebody was angry with stories or whatever? Thank you. Bye. Uh, no, no one, no one has come and spoken to me about being discussed on the podcast or uh, in a tales from the game store. Um, that said, it's one of the there, there are two main reasons why I don't do them anymore. One, the attention is not worth it at work, um, and two, I don't want to run into that situation. Uh, as the podcast gets bigger and bigger, the likelihood of people knowing that I—it's not like it's massive, but. The more time goes on, the more likely it is that someone will know that I do the podcast. And I don't want to get to that situation where I speak about someone and someone comes back and says something. Man, you talked about me and my, my balls hanging out, out of my... God damn it. My, my shorts. Yeah. <laughs> out of my... What was it? Is, 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 ba- basketball yeah, shorts? basketball shorts. <laughs> That's a good one. I think he just meant to adjust his shorts, bueno but he sera. adjusted both. Buenos dias, Uncle Pat and Uncle Ian. J-Bo here again. Oh, hi. L-O-N, D-O-N. So, another quick question. Oh, from the UK. Well, not even a question around. He's called before. I've had enough of the disrespect yeah. for the Game Gear. That was my favorite handheld growing up, Pat. That's enough. <laughs> what I want to know is, what was you guys' most played handheld um, and Game 2? Mine was probably Sega Game Gear, Mortal Kombat 1 and 2, and then Game Boy Color, Pokemon Yellow. What's yours, lads? Let's go. Keep it up. Hey, J-Bo, for, I don't remember ever trashing the Game Gear ever. <laughs> I'm feeling very threatened. Have I ever trashed the Game Gear? You probably have. I probably just said it's, it's, a, it's a master system. It's got retreads on it. That's basically what I, what I probably said. My buddy you know? Rick has been getting into the Game Gear lately, and his, his response I'm, to me is, uh, I can recommend the games on the Game Gear. He's like, there's a lot of good games on the Game Gear. I can't recommend the Game Gear system. Yes, <laughs> that's probably what I said. The hardware itself is trash. The actual... Like yeah, not the not the platform, the hardware, that piece, sure, that blocky piece of garbage with a bad screen and eating batteries. That's not good. Maybe that's what you thought. Um, that's probably what what you meant. In terms of games that I my, my favorite handhelds, the original Game Boy and uh, the Neo Geo Pocket Color. On the original Game Boy, I don't think there's a game I've played more than Kirby's Pinball Land. And on the Neo Geo Pocket Color. Um, 
I played a considerable amount of uh, Bust a Move Puzzle Bobble on that thing in high school, my last year of high school. Oh, nice. And one of the exchange students, uh, um, w- uh, my friend John, actually my co-host on uh, Extra Napkins, got one. And there was an exchange student from China who was really China. into them. So he actually went out and bought one and got the link cable, and we would play in homeroom and at lunch. Nice. All right, next here. Hey, Matt and Ben. I'm just curious, do you guys follow any other YouTube channels not gaming-related? What do you, what do you think, uh, Ben? You say Matt and Ben? <laughs> that's, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, no, not really. Well, lately, hey, I, have been, hey. I have been using YouTube a lot more. What I do at night is I get uh, I get high. And then I grab my crochet and I put my uh, switch in the dock and I load up YouTube and I watch uh, first person view uh, journeys of uh, subway routes and trains. Wait, what? People go on trains? And, conductors like, will, the, the, the oh, people conductors. who are driving it will take video of a, basically a first person view of what it looks like oh. from wh- when they're sitting in the, the, the seat. And uh, I've watched uh, trains through Helsinki, subways oh. through New York. Uh, they're anywhere from like half an hour to some are like four, eight to eight hours long. We all want to be conductor when we were a kid uh, um, on a train. I, I love trains. The relaxing, just the sound. Honestly, most of the time, I exactly. Most of the time, I turn those videos on, and when I'm crocheting, I'm I'm, I'm looking at my hands, but the sound is very relaxing to me at night. I wish we had a better train system in the U.S. So do I, and we'll never get it. We missed that opportunity. I don't know if we missed it, but I mean, like... No one's going to put the money into it now. It's because you can't get money out of it easily. Yeah. Um, that's a shame. No, we would, we would need an extraordinarily altruistic person to just dump money into it. Well, the it. government can make it a project, but, like, yeah, super high-speed rail that you can go across, you know, states in, like, you know, a couple hours. Yeah. You know, that would be fantastic. That'd be great. Oh, well. Uh, let's see a few more here. Jonathan. Ian, Pat, this is Jonathan from Denver. You might remember me as the guy who said he wanted to feed Ian and fight Pat. And for the record, I'll do either. (laughs) (laughs) As long as you guys are down, I'll feed or fight both of you. But, um, okay, Ian, uh, real real quick, can we take Jonathan both two on one? Probably not. I'm not just, a fighter. Just grab his legs. That's all. We got outside chain. Just grab his legs and hold on. My neck has been moving around a lot. Oh, oh really? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned. A little concerned that I'll throw okay. something out. Sorry. But I'll take the food. <laughs> the hype train's derailing, and I wanted to hear what video game hype you guys got caught up in, and what was the outcome? How hard did it crash, or how high did it live up to expectations? Um, I figured you guys could get into that. It sounds like a pretty cool conversation. Keep up the good work, man. I love every week. Hey, Thanks John. Again. Later. Pumping up your own your own question here, John. I like the confidence. <laughs> yeah, it'd probably be cool if you guys talked about it. I, I think that would be fun if I had a little bit more time to think about it. Um, however, I do. I, I rarely, I rarely fall victim to hype. I've been good about that even since I was younger. That's just one thing that I've kind of tried to avoid. However. It was impossible coming off of Final Fantasy VII not to be hyped up for Final Fantasy VIII if you were playing video games, especially like I was in high school at that time when it came out. And I remember playing Final Fantasy VIII and just waiting for that feeling to grab me. 
uh, like like Final Fantasy VII did. And I don't think Final Fantasy VII is the greatest game ever. But I think what I failed to realize was that Final Fantasy VII was so... A lot of people remember Final Fantasy VII fondly because of the transition that it represented. The transition from sprite-based graphics to 3D graphics. The transition into the FMV era of, of video games with cinematic cutscenes and things like that. And you can only, that magic trick can only be done once before you've seen it. So mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VIII was a big letdown to me. And I pers- I know that recently there's been a lot of kind of revisionist, well, maybe it is a good game. And it's not awful, but it wasn't a great game to begin with. But that was that's the big one for me. I remember getting Final Fantasy VIII and just it, it didn't. It didn't grab me the way I was expecting it to. In terms of something that really lived up to the expectations, unfortunately, I'd have to think about that more. Sure. So two more. Two more. Hey, guys. This is Paul from Raleigh and C again. Look, we all know about the amazing ALF game for the Sega Master System. But what 80s sitcom do you wish had been made into a video game? Personally, I would have loved a Golden Girls point-and-click adventure game. Uh, Golden Girls worked more as a point-and-click or like... Could you do a platformer with that? No, no, couldn't do a platformer. Well, they they they, they had a married children game, and uh, they were thinking about doing one on the NES. And looking back, I'm like, well, it's probably a good idea they didn't do that. That'd be very hard to translate that over that humor. I'm guessing that'd be almost that could be it could have been a point and click. I'm guessing all um, of those games would have worked best as point and clicks because they're sure. all story based. None true. of those games are. None of those shows would be like particularly great well, for action games well Al, al's bar fights were the funniest thing we ever got in a fist fight like the ed o'neill's like humor with the fight like he could actually throw a punch because he actually knew how to fight uh, or knows how to fight in real life but um it was funny as hell seeing him get beat up in the bars and stuff but uh, i'm trying to think about something uh, another another sitcom that would have been good uh is there any that are action based that would have been good uh, i was just about to be like knight rider but they made it they made that and yeah yeah i mean that's not a sitcom though it's just no. an action yeah thing I don't know. Give me silver, give me, give sil- me, silver spoons, uh, RPG. I don't know. Give me perfect strangers. Belky's got to rescue Larry. <laughs> well, th- remember that site they had with the Flash game? They took it down like in a, like a few days afterwards. No, it wasn't licensed. It was to promote the DVD coming out. We're talking like this is ten. 10 oh my god! Ago. No, I had no idea. Yeah, it's probably, it, was a, it was a Flash game where it was basically like rhythm based with it standing t- standing tall. But you're, it was like a 3D third person thing on like a, <laughs> on like a rainbow or something. You never saw that? No. All right, you can pull it up. One more question here. Hey, Pat. Hey, Ian. Chris here from Rhode Island. Pat, I had the pleasure of meeting you at the last PAX East. We had a conversation about the parallels of the Italian food in Rhode Island and Jersey. Uh, Last week, you mentioned Zeppelis. Up here, we call them Zeppelis. And uh, if you call them Zeppelis, we make fun of you. Anyway, my question... Oh, okay, Chris. Let me stop it for a second. (laughs) I know it's called Zeppelis. I know it's... uh, I know it's mood set L, but the problem is if I say that on the podcast, no one will know what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> That's inside language for us, for us Ginzans, right? If I, if I say this stuff, you could even Google it. It's, it's, a, it's basically, when you say this stuff, it's like a poor Italian dialect. Sure. And Sicilian. When you, when you basically, when you say like Shiadel, like that's nothing how it's spelled. Nothing how these words are spelled. You know, the, the Italian dessert. I like page Chris, it's for everyone else, Chris. That's what Okay, next, next. Anyway, my question, Sword of Sodan for the Sega Genesis is a horrible game. Yes. But I still love it for yeah. my own reasons. Me too. So I'm just curious, what are some of the worst games no, you guys there. love for whatever reason? 
Okay, thanks. Bye. All right, Chris, redeem yourself. Sword of Sudan is a, is a bad game that I love. Really? I've never played that one. Um, and I loved it on the computer. I saw it on the comu- in a, in a, in a computer shop in like 87. Like, it probably was like an egghead software. I was like, look at this. Oh, there's blood. You can like, you see blood when you hack the people uh, and stuff. And then it, it was translated to the Genesis. It's the c- clumsiest trying to be edgy like you know you're a warrior female warrior yeah you never heard of that game before so I've, like, I've heard of it i just i've never played it it's one of those games that once you see it like wow this came out yeah it's like it's violent you get po- the, the, the gameplay itself is horrendous how you move and and like but it's very violent like the themes of it like you have like executions with axes and stuff it was like probably came out like 80 88 on the pc 87 and it came out in just probably 90 91 it was like, you know, ea published it is there any ones like that that are, that appeal to you like that are horrible? Don't say Wally Bear. Wally Bear. All right, that's it. We're done. <laughs> We're done. We're fucking done. That's that's the end of the podcast. All right, all right. Thanks everyone. All right, th- thanks for the Zeppelins, Chris. <laughs> all right, that's it for the podcast. This was a fun one. It was. It wasn't too long. It was good. It was. It was fine. I'm fucking hungry. I've been fasting. Damn it. I need. I need ice. I forgot. About, I, I forgot to talk about my ice maker. How appliances hate me. Save it for next week. We'll Plans see. Hate me. We'll see what happens. I better have ice by the next week. I gotta be like a, you know, what is it? Be a caveman and buy like, trays. Where do I buy trays? I went to the dollar store and they didn't, they didn't have any. Oh, dollar store didn't have any food at all. I went to the dollar store. I couldn't buy my dollar store uh, store gherkins. Wow. I was very upset. I asked the person like, "Where's the food?" Like, "Oh, the truck didn't come in." I'm looking. I'm like, "The truck didn't come in." They were really wiped clean. Your, you wanted your gherks. No, but uh, nothing. They had nothing though. So it wasn't like the truck didn't come in. Well, the truck didn't come in for three months. It, it was cleared out. There was like two things of tortillas, and that was it. So something was happening hmm. with that. I mean, come on. They have a, a thousand little bacon, like bacon bit things that w- they weren't all bought the past week. True. So I was like, something, something's happened. Like it was almost like it got shut down by the health department. I was wondering. I mean, that's like, the only thing I. Could no, I'm think not saying of. it happened to, to my local Dollar Tree, but like it was something weird like that. I mean, not even like no candy either. It was like nothing was there. I was like, something's happening here. That's strange. Something's happening. Yeah, maybe they had to clear out the pantry. Come Straight on. from scratch. I was, I was like, oh, I'm going to see if I can finally find peanut. You know, I haven't had a peanut butter Twix since I was a kid, basically. Oh, let's look for the peanut butter Twix. I brought you that there. one like last year after you said you hadn't had peanut butter Twix. I brought you one. You did? A full yeah. package? Yeah, I brought you a peanut butter Twix. A full package? Yes. Not a mini? No. Brought you a full one about a year ago. Maybe it was two years ago. But okay. Because they're everywhere. But you always say you never see them. But they're literally everywhere. So I grabbed you one. Well, they don't have them in the Halloween. They don't do that. They oh, the no, they, no, they don't. They don't have, like, the fun sizes. No. But even on the commercials, in the 80s commercials I've been watching, twitch.tv slash country code, they would, like, promote the caramel first. And they'll throw, like, a picture of the peanut butter one on the side. Like, oh, we have this shit as well. They never had it primary. It was never the primary Twix. All right, we're done. We're done. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone, for the birthday wishes. One week. What's one week? When we're back. Yes, maybe.